What up, y'all? Welcome back to another full show episode of the Pick and Roll Podcast. Today, we're going to be having a little discussion over the trade deadline and some trades that have gone on the past week. I'm your co-host, Jonathan Fredline. And I am Alan J. Panion. And today, like Fred said, we're going to be talking about some NBA trades. We got producer Coach Curry in the house for this full show. In the house? What up? Yeah, let's get right into it. Fred, you want to lead us with Coach, the, what's the word of the day? Nothing? All right, cool. So, <laughs> our first trade. I was just going to say something like philosophical like he usually does, but not this time. It's okay. We don't have enough time for that. It's only an hour on the on the Zoom. <laughs> right. Coach be talking sometime. I'll be I'll be talking. All right. First trade. I bet all of you could have guessed the first trade, perhaps the biggest, most important trade. No, I'm not gonna say it's the most important. But one that hit the headlines the most. <laughs> it was a four team deal, four team deal, including the Phoenix Suns, Brooklyn Nets. Milwaukee Bucks and the Indiana Pacers. So the layout of this trade was Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns. That's why I wore this jersey today, but guys, by the way. Very appropriate. Yes, thank you. Kevin Durant and TJ Warren to the Phoenix Suns. And the Nets received Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Allen, your boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a whole lot of picks. I mean, just a whole lot of picks. And then the Bucks received Jay Crowder. We'll talk about that. And then the Pacers got George Hill, Serge Ibaka, and Jordan Norwa. 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 That's my guy. Yeah. All right. And, so, and some picks. All right. Yeah. All right, Coach. What are you, also we'll start with you? What are your initial reactions to this trade? Um. Oh, well, I think the the easiest thing to to look at is the Kevin Durant aspect of the trade. Obviously that's a that's a huge, huge boost for um Phoenix to get Kevin Durant, especially because I mean they, they lost Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Um Jay Crowder. They, I mean Jay Crowder, but they weren't playing Jay Crowder. But they still have some depth um even after that. So I think that's a it was a good trade, but it wasn't just good for the Suns. The, uh, the most underrated aspect of this is, to me, what the Pacers got. I mean, because people people um, also are acknowledging Jay Crowder to the Bucks. He shores up one or two of their, I guess, not necessarily needs, but I guess he kind of something, he was like a pie-in-the-sky type, um, type of player for them, and they got him. So he definitely, you know, puts them, gives them a little more of the edge, I think, in the East. Um, but I think the Pacers actually got a good little haul. George Hill, Serge Ibaka. Um, Pacers are having a surprisingly decent year. Um, and nobody, I think, really expected it. And I think these guys, these veterans in the locker room who can still produce on the court can add a little to that. And you never know. They can make a push and be a playoff team. I'm not saying they're going to win the East, but they could definitely be a playoff team. And, and, and you know, who knows what they could do once you get there. Um but again, obviously, Kevin Durant, that was a huge surprise that he would get moved. But after Kyrie left, you know, maybe they considered, you know, kind of blowing it up. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Yeah. The KD piece, just adding, it's like, it's, it's, I was listening to a podcast the other day. It's just like, 
him, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, <clears throat> that big four, they, it's just like a perfect, almost a perfect fit together because you got yeah. two kind of like really good scorers who don't like always need the ball or do right. need the ball in their hands so they can get to their spots and hit shots efficiently. You got a, a pick and roll guy who's also a pretty decent rim protector uh, and DeAndre Ayton. And then you got Chris Paul, the point guard, who's a, an excellent facilitator, pretty good defender. And mm -hmm. it just all like fit together. You can even like when you fill, fill out that fourth spot, whether it's Torrey Craig or TJ Warren, that's just, it's all gonna, it all fits together. So in that sense, yes. Yes. It's, a, it's a very good trade for the, um, the Suns. And with the Nets, they do get uh, two semi-young players in Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, and they get a, a ton of first-round picks from the Suns and like five first-round picks from the Bucks. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I think that, and if they were just if they were just trying to get rid of Kevin Durant, I think what they got from him was was a pretty good haul in that sense. So yeah, yeah. what do you guys see the Nets? What, what do you guys What do you guys see them doing this year? This I honestly think well, I think because they had they have decent positioning. Um, decent. They're not. They're not great. I think they're fourth or fifth right now, kind of middle. Yeah, they're that, uh, they're fifth in that regard. Yeah, so they're fifth right now. But I think they got, and it's not just from this trade, but they also from a couple of the other trades. Obviously, they picked up something when they. And we'll talk about this a little later. The the Kyrie trade. So picking up a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, he's a veteran. He's been to Brooklyn before. Um, I think he played for Jock Vaughn. I want to say, um, I could be wrong. But uh, been to Brooklyn before. He's a scorer. He's not usually like a you know like a superstar type of scorer. He's a guy who can handle the ball. He can score. Um, obviously, Mikael Bridges brings uh, a, a, one of the best three and D guys, runner up for, for defensive player of the league last year. Um, they still have a ton of shooting. Seth Curry, uh, Joe Harris, uh, Patty Mills, veteran leadership. They got uh, Dorian Finney-Smith from from uh, from uh, the, the, the trade as well. Um, they still have Ben Simmons and uh, who I think he, he gave a quote saying that now he's, he's going to be able to kind of just focus on getting back to basketball without the other distractions um, looming over the team, which I think is an underrated aspect of getting rid of KD and Kyrie as well. And then Nick yeah. Claxton has a big surprise this year. I think they're going to be fine. They may not, again, they're not, they're probably not a contender to win the East anymore, but I think they'll be okay from here moving forward. Yeah. They're, um, they got a good mix of veteran Better yep. leadership, whichever team needs, and they're young yeah. too, and they're pretty deep. I would say. I think they got some good depth, especially on that wing. Yeah, uh, looking at the roster, top to bottom, if I was like a, a star free agent, like that Brooklyn Nets roster is one of the most complete in the league. You got yep. tons of shooting with Joe Harris and Seth Curry, and yeah. uh, even with Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Mikhail can all of those guys are great good to the great three-point shooter and they can play both sides of the ball too they're all yeah. excellent defenders so it's just Absolutely. like that's like that's such a good roster without obviously without a, a star player but um if i was a free agent that would want to be one of my top destinations for sure you could legitimately have a lineup with nick claxton dorian finney smith Mikhail bridges and whoever else you want to add in there mm -hmm. and be able to lock folks down and have great shooting at the same time yeah that's yeah that's incredible every so. nba team would love to have that mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely yeah. and uh and this, was, this was the go ahead, go, ahead. go ahead you got it well i think uh well i was listening to somebody uh talk yesterday and they were they always referenced the number of draft picks that that teams have to give up to get players like that like and we're, like this this goes back more so i guess for the phoenix side of it than the brooklyn side 
But, you know, Phoenix gave up a lot of draft picks to get Kevin Durant. And, you know, folks are saying, well, they gave they, they mortgaged their future for a 34-year-old, blah, blah, blah. When you have a core like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, if I'm one of those guys, let's say like Jake Crowder, obviously he just left the Suns, but if you got guys like that, PJ Tucker has been one of those guys who is a veteran, but who can, who's looking to win a ring and who can put a team over the top, you're not looking, you're looking for a team like that. So even though you're not going to be able to draft for a few years and get the the second round rookie, you know, just played his, you know, fifth year, his COVID year in college. You can get a guy who's already been proven, who's already been a veteran, who can come help you now. So getting guys like that, you're 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 still getting guys, even though they're not you know young draft guys, you're still getting free agents or players back in those roles. So I think getting those guys almost are worth the investment in that that regard as well. Yeah. Before we move on, I want to ask Fred uh, real quick. Do you think this Kevin Durant trade makes the uh, the Suns the top dogs in the West? It's, it's really hard to say, Alan, for sure, after not seeing a single game of these guys taking the court together. Yeah. Um, what, one thing that I've noticed with Chris Paul, Chris Paul might be w- one of the more valuable players on the team for sure because he, just looking at his career, like he's just a winner. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it was Oklahoma City year when he just got traded and like took that OKC team to the playoffs when he had ne- next, next to nothing. I think if they can figure out how to play well together, I like what you brought brought up about um, we'll get to the Mavericks in a, in a little bit. Uh, one problem they might have is sharing the ball. This team might not have, have many problems like that of sharing the ball because Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, though they're primarily scorers, they don't necessarily need to have the ball in their hands 100% of the time. So Chris Paul, um, once he learns how to play with these two, being the facilitator that he is, the leader that he is on and off the court, I can... Uh, like like I said, I, I can't say it confidently yet, but I can easily see this team making a jump to win the West, as tough as tough as the West, the top of the West is right now. And with the chemistry parts you're talking about, like Kevin Durant is one of those rare superstars that doesn't really need the ball a ton. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Kevin Durant can take 10, 12 shots and give you you know twenty five, thirty points just off of that. So I think with and the, then Chris the and then having Chris, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah, this team is very well rounded in general. So. It'll be exciting to see how they mesh, and I think that I think that offense will just be so like unstoppable. Like once they get it together, because like actually though, that'll be that's gonna be fun to watch. Because I know, because I, I know you love Devin Booker a lot, as unstoppable as he is. Yeah, like it's just wild. Absolutely. Yeah, like Devin Booker might win MVP now if we really think about it. <laughs> yeah, for first sure. team All NBA five years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might right. be underrated now. Yeah, I think I think the Mavericks are just calling my name right now, so I'm just gonna go to that <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to the next trade. Uh, the Mavericks trade for before this is before the KD trade, so yeah, uh, we're, we're, yeah. we're all kind of wondering what was gonna happen with KD, but obviously we see what, we saw what happened. So the Mavericks trade for All Star Kyrie Irving. They received Kyrie Irving and Marquise Morris, and they traded Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. A first round pick in 2029, so that would be after Luca and Kyrie's contracts are up, and then two future second round picks. So uh, we'll start with you again, Coach. Uh, initial, initial reactions? It is probably Kyrie's best case scenario as far as a, a type of player to play with um, outside of actually playing with LeBron because because mm-hmm. Luca is that LeBron style of player. And I'm not saying he's LeBron. Luca's LeBron? As far as 
as far as a big guard who can score himself and looks to facilitate, um, his best years were alongside of LeBron. And because Kyrie, you know, he's technically a point guard, but he's more of a scoring guard. It's really kind of a smaller two guard. Yeah. He fits, I think he'll fit like a glove right next to him. And that'll take some pressure off of off of Luca to do absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're playing well so far. I think uh well the, 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 honestly the thing is nobody really doubts Kyrie on the floor. Yeah. Um it's can he can he focus on being on the floor and with this team and you know all that. So but but if he if he just as far as just playing goes, I think they'll be great. Yeah. I'm not saying again, I don't know that it makes them I think their ceiling is the same. Mm-hmm. I think their ceiling still is conference finals. But, you know, West is wide open this year. See how it goes. Yeah. yeah. I just think um, a key part of this whole this whole uh, trade might be some off-court drama. Yeah. Because Kyrie, ever, really ever since he left Cleveland, has been uh, difficult for management to keep up with when it comes to off the court. So yeah. if he can kind of cool it, and you just said it, Coach, what were his best years when he kind of – just played his game, played played with Cleveland, played alongside LeBron. If Dallas can get you know that type of Kyrie with, with Luca and an already pretty solid uh, Mavericks roster, mm-hmm. um, I think they could also be a problem for sure. Well, here's the next part of that. Sorry, sorry, Alex, real quick. But the one thing he came in with LeBron, and LeBron was already very, very much established. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you split LeBron's career like right when he came back to Cleveland, LeBron had already had a Hall of Fame. Yeah, And so he came back as a surefire leader in the league, face of the league. When he went to Boston, one of the issues was Kyrie was a leader. He mm-hmm. could not lead. Then he goes to Brooklyn. Kyrie was a leader. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to Dallas where you got veterans on that team already. You have Luka on that team already. You have Jason Kidd, who's coaching, who's got experience coaching. Steve Nash was very inexperienced. You have a lot of leadership already on that team, that locker room. Um uh, a very underrated part of that team to me is Jabel McGee. Part of why teams keep signing Jabel McGee. Jabel McGee's a champion. He's a three-time champion. He plays his role. He's a veteran presence in that locker room on and off the floor. So I think going to a place that has defined leadership and roles already is going to be great for Kyrie as well. And on the organization side of Dallas, I think that them showing Luka that they're willing to go and get another star player, uh, I think that they're just trying to show that they're loyal to Luca and trying to help him out in any way possible. So uh, I think the what they kind of gave up was, uh, I think it was worth it for Kyrie. And even if it is only for one year, um, I think it definitely still was worth it. So we'll, we'll see how they do in the future. But Fred, do you want to go into this? Uh, yeah, for sure. So the next of uh, kind of the three-headed monster of big highlight trades that happened, um, this trade deadline was the Lakers deal. Lakers deal away Russell Westbrook to the Utah Jazz in a three-team deal. Um, I think we can all agree now that it's all said and done that the Russell Westbrook experiment didn't really go as well as the Lakers wanted it to. Yeah. <laughs> or the league, for that matter. Everyone was excited for that trio with LeBron and AD. But, you know, what's done is done. Yeah. So Westbrook is now in Utah with... Uh, Juan, I I never know how to say. I always say JTA, Toscano Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Lakers received D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. And then the Timberwolves, the third team in this deal, received Mike Conley and Akil Alexander Walker and some picks. Yeah, yeah. So 
let's just let's just keep going the way we've been doing. Coach, what what are you thinking? Um, I actually, actually, fun fact for all you fans out there, I learned about this trade from from Mr. Curry. This is he's my oh yeah you did my notifier. He's my yeah. Shams NBA. <laughs> my woe. I thought you were about to say that one of those players is the cousin of an, an, an All Star starter this year, but that's a different story. That's when we get back Wait, to trivia. I'll let you figure it out. Um, Mike Conley. No, so there's a couple of different aspects <laughs> like of this trade as well. Don't hurt yourself, Fred. So the Lakers portion of it, and you you get you give up Russ, who was kind of an issue on the court, I guess more so. I don't I don't necessarily love all the reports off the court. I don't think you can believe everything. Every time a report comes out about him negatively, all these players and all these coaches come back and say this ain't true. Russ is amazing, best teammate ever, all that kind of stuff. So, but at least on the court, you got rid of Russ, whose contract was looming. And whose attitude kind of didn't really seem like it was meshing with what the team was trying to do. Got rid of Pat Bev, who I don't think performed on the court the way they thought. I know a lot of folks were ticked off about his antics, like specifically in the Boston game with the camera. Um, then you got a couple guys, Juan Toscano, who's just a young guy, probably was more filler than anything. Um, but you got back shooting. D'Angelo Russell is a shooter. Mm-hmm. He he's a he can handle the ball and create. Um, when LeBron's out there, when he's not, he's a he's a, been a great spot up shooter, uh, last couple of years. Um, obviously in in uh, in Minnesota didn't work out with their you know big three or big four this year, however you want to say that. Um, so I think they got a good guy there, Malik Beasley, one of the better three and D guys in the league. He's I think third in the last few years in threes and made threes. You couldn't get obviously you're not getting guys like Steph Curry. You didn't get uh, um, Buddy Hield this year. You got the next best guy for that. And then Jarrett Vanderbilt, he was the one kind of, I mean, I didn't like, he was one question mark as far as for me, how his role would kind of work on the team. But la- watching last night, last night was the uh, the Warriors-Lakers oh, game. He was yeah. huge in that game. He yeah. brought a ton of energy. And so I thought, I, I'm excited for, for how they're going to look going forward. I'm excited for Mike Conley to get back with uh, Rudy Gobert. And I'll let you guys take it from there. I know I'll be talking. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I want to talk like for for a while now. I've been like a, a kind of quiet supporter of Jared Vanderbilt in Minnesota, uh, just because like I think he's one of the most versatile defenders uh, in the league. Just like he kind of reminds me of Jaron Jackson Jr. in a sense, but not obviously not as good as like, like blocking shots. But I think he's a better perimeter defender. Uh, he's about equal in shooting. Um, and I think that he just is going to fit perfectly alongside Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the dominant post scorer, dominant defender, and Jared Vanderbilt's another guy. If they have to rotate and down, he can still go, he can still protect the rim, guard the perimeter decently well, spread the floor. So I think that uh, that him, I think that's just going to be a really good piece alongside LeBron, D'Angelo Russell, as they just got another good shooter. So I think that uh, he's going to be one of the bigger parts of this trade. So. Yeah. Um, there's another four-team deal where the Lakers traded Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets. They received no <laughs> Thomas right here. Right here. Uh, they received from the Orlando Magic Mo Bamba, <laughs> uh, Davon Reed, and a, and a pick, a second-round pick. Uh, the Magic received Patrick Beverly from the Lakers, a second-round pick from Denver, and cash considerations. And the Clippers received uh, Bones Highland. Boney. So the Clippers really just didn't give up that much at all for anything, kind of. Uh, they kind of just got Bones Highland for free. 
for a bag of chips. And uh, but uh, you guys, you guys had a, a visceral reaction to Thomas Bryant not being in LA anymore. So you guys want? Oh, I was joking. I just liked Thomas in LA. Oh, okay. but, but yeah, yeah, I do. I did too. It, it, I kind of felt bad for him because like that—that that was the one trade I saw that confused me because yeah. he was the one player on the Lakers this year that you looked at and said, "Man, he's a lot better than we thought." He'd be. Mm-hmm. But apparently, once AD came back. Uh, he didn't like his role, which is then weird because you didn't necessarily love your yeah. role. You, you had an inconsistent role as the backup center, but then you go to a team who has a center who does everything. Yeah. Like, everything. He does everything for that team. Like, what? What? What's your role going to be on that team? So, yeah. I, don't know. I feel like it, I don't know. And, but I, I did think Thomas Bryant when he and Dennis Schroeder came back at the beginning of the year. I think that's what kind of changed life for LA. Uh, when he was able to come back, bring his energy, bring his physicality. He was scoring. He's knocked down some threes this year. It's just sad to see him go, a player that plays as hard as he does. Yeah, and uh, we, I guess we'll get to it now, but uh, we, we talked off camera about the Clippers and how they've been making a few subtle moves uh, in this trade deadline. They subtle. received Bones Highland. Uh, in another trade, they received Eric Gordon, those two players, and they got rid of a John few... Wall. John, they got rid of John Wall. They traded Reggie Jackson, so they kind of made room for those two players. And I think and Luke Kennard and, and Luke Kennard they did trade new Luke Kennard, yes. But um, I think those two players, like, but I think Bones Highland's a, a very good backup point guard. Um, he's 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 not averaging anything crazy. I think he's averaging a lot, around eleven points a game. But I think his his length, even though he's only six three, his length, his wingspan, uh, is impressive and good for the defensive end. And he can shoot a little bit. And Eric Gordon, obviously, a knockdown shooter. Uh, another good score to come off the bench. So um, the Clippers, I don't think they, they didn't do anything drastic, but I think those moves do help them go in the right direction. But yeah, so not nothing. I, I didn't like them giving up Luke Kennard. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I was like, he's, he's I think he's a better shoot, like a better pure shooter than Eric Gordon. But I think Eric Gordon's a better pure scorer in my opinion. Yeah, but, probably. That's a pl- that's a that's a great pickup for the mint for the Grizz- uh, Grizzlies. Yeah, though. for sure. Oh yeah. Right when I saw it, that's exactly what I thought. But it was it, it was funny. I was actually laughing at this. The Jamal was just trashing the Rockets the other day, and now he's right back. And now he's just back with them. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, oh man, that. So it's awkward. It's a, it's a little little awkward little bit awkward. Good gracious, gracious, these guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Um, but yeah, there there weren't a lot of like other than those big three trades. There weren't a lot of like. Grat- like a lot a of little them. subtle moves, yeah. yeah. Um, could, uh, we could talk a little about uh, GP2, GP2, back or to maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. Oh, maybe right. not. um, because he didn't pass the physical, yeah. Well, now you gotta actually gotta say it now, you can't just, yeah, yeah. So- um, <laughs> Gary Payton, the second, um, from the Portland Trailblazers after spending exactly one half of a year in Portland. Um, could potentially be back in the Bay Area um, in a four-team trade. Um, with the Pistons, the Pistons received James Wiseman from the Warriors. And then Sadiq Bay, um, kind of a little juggernaut in Detroit, got dealt away to Atlanta. And the Trailblazers rece- received Kevin Knox in five future second-round picks. Let's we'll see if those five picks do anything. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, 
So, you never do know. But the one thing with this trade is that because Gary Payton II had not passed his physical for um, his core injury, they might get rescinded. So this might tra- this trade might not even happen at all. So yeah. we'll have to see how that how that plays out. But we'll keep our ear to the ground. But I'm surprised to see the Warriors moving off James Wiseman already. I mean, obviously, GP2 is a, a great defender, but I thought I, I would I would think they would want to develop Wiseman more to be like a more starting center kind of spot. But I guess I not. think it was a money move too, as much as he didn't. He obviously hasn't worked out this year the way he thought he would, but I think it's to save them some money as well. He's scheduled to make a certain amount of money next year, yeah. And uh, Gary Payton makes less, and the amount of money they're going to be paying him is going to put uh, going to put them over the or into the luxury tax. So yeah. just by getting him off and they're not really losing much on the floor, it's going to save them a ton of money. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. How about yeah. the Blazers making some underrated pickups? Gave up, uh, gave oh, up Josh. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Picked up Cam Reddish, who I hope finally gets some consistent playing time. Hopefully he gets back in the form on a team of solid three and D guy, a really good shooter when he's able to get rotation minutes. And Matisse Thibel. And uh, Matisse Thibel, who's a really good perimeter defender. Very good. Um, very good. Teams like that, you can't you can't go wrong with a guy who can lock down mm-hmm. teams that can score like the Blazers. They got scores. And, and my man, Ryan Archidiacono. Yes. That's my guy. Remember that dude back in Villanova's favorite from a few years ago. I remember yeah. that dude back in Villanova. Yeah. Really? That's my man. Yeah. In the, in this in the same trade, there's a four-team trade. The 76 has received – Jalen McDaniels, who's uh, like a 6'10 forward, uh, who can spread the, she can shoot a little bit, but he's more of a, he's more of a defensive player. Uh, the Hornet is a, another uh, piece was the Hornets. They got Shri Mikhailuk and a few second round picks, and then the Knicks received Josh Hart from the Trailblazers, and that that trade was they had a lot of pieces, but it's, I don't think it's gonna be too impactful on anything. I think the Blazers did, did need a lot more perimeter defense, but Josh Hart um, should fit Man. well with New York. All right, so that just about does it for the NBA trades. Uh, we had a, a lively discussion about a lot of the big three. I kind of we, we kind of de- defined it as that, but then a bunch of other the three-headed monster. Trades. Yeah. So, um, you guys got anything to say, Coach? You got a word of the day? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard no, Coach. Thank you again for coming. Thanks. You're just the greatest person ever. Everyone, please, in the comments, please wish my man a happy birthday. Mm, it was Coach Curry, happy birthday. It was his birthday, like, last week. It was. Definitely. It was a, a week ago. But or you can check by, my story. By the time they see this, huh? Or you, or you guys can check my story. I posted about yeah. it on my story. Um, a, week, a week later. <laughs> yeah, a week later, yeah. yeah. Proof written line. My man. My man. So, yeah. But, wait. Oh, I talked about my Instagram story. Oh, that's perfect. Like, like segue into like the fact that we have an Instagram, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> How like our podcast has an Instagram account at oh. the Pick and Roll Podcast underscore underscore. Check it out and make sure to check us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. We've been dropping reels left and right, shorts. So oh. make sure to check those out. See. What we're about. All right. And that's a wrap.